Welcome to part two of our best of 2022. You've heard us discuss five songs each, now you get to hear the other half. Please, please enjoy this episode. Share with people, click buttons that say like and download, and just have a lovely time. We have had a great year um, with this podcast, and it's all down to you. So, yeah, thanks again. You know, we don't have any big showbiz names or any production company or even a patreon so if you can just share it with at least one person that would be fantastic and yeah please enjoy the episode oh hang on yeah what are we calling this podcast <laughs> was it over underrated over underrated So, explain to me, what is a sync track? Because you, you mentioned this. What, what does that mean to the uninitiated? That seems to be a modern term. So, okay. so Tell this elder millennial, please. So, basically, it means that um, you sold your your song. So, what Moby mm. did with the advert. You sold your song to like an advert or something. It's called a sync. So, it, it synced it with a scene from a movie. It synced it with a scene from a right. TV show. Yeah, that's, that's what the kids call it. Uh, the kids. Yeah. Okay, thank you. So, the kids... This one's for you. So my, my sync track is No Return by Craig Redren and Anna Waronka, which is a theme tune to one of my favourite TV shows of 2022, A Yellow Jacket. I would maybe tie it with the playlist that I saw recently, which if you haven't watched Fran, you absolutely should, because number one, it's Swedish. Number two, it's about Spotify. I am crowning this officially the best TV theme tune of all time. Goodness. Better than Twin Peaks? Better than Twin Peaks. Round Better twist? Than t- what was it? What was that? I may, you may have missed it. Round the twist. Round the twist. <laughs> no, that is one of those British references where I'm like, I have heard of this, but I've never. Oh, well, it. give give back theme tune. Oh, hang on, is that, the, is that the weird Australian one? Yeah. Oh, have yeah. you ever ever felt like this? Strange things happened. Are you going around the twist from a certain era? I haven't heard that, but there was that video that went viral of it recently, where it was like oh. a scene where this girl's running away from a very scary scarecrow. Yes. Yeah. yeah it was one of those like kids shows which was terrifying adult at the same time yeah yeah, yeah well 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 <laughs> funny you should say that because <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing you know about yellow jackets right the the concept i, I know you literally I, I, I know you just the trailer really oh gosh really oh well let, let's let's fucking get into it <laughs> so yellow jackets is a tv show that's set in two timelines one mm. is the present and there are uh actors who are kind of 90s goddesses like melanie linsky and christina ritchie yep. and juliette lewis and it is also set in the 90s, and there are younger versions of these characters who were on a football, really football, not soccer, they were on a football. So like It, sort of thing. I haven't seen it. No, but It is a scary clown, right? Yeah, but, but, but it, it cuts back and forth between them now and them Oh, kids. okay, then sure. But it's more like Lost, because basically they are on a plane to Seattle, but it crashes in the Canadian wilderness. And mm-hmm. you know from the beginning that they were stuck there for 19 months. So this, oh, wow. this plane crashed, they were there for 19 months, and you know at least some of the people who survived because some of them are in the present, but there's obviously a much bigger group of girls and other people as well. And it's it's just so well done. Like the the flitting between the two eras, the, the, the actors really match each other very well. And musically, it's, it's a really great show. So I... I hadn't heard of either of the guys who did the theme tune. So apparently Craig Wedron is formerly of Shudder to Think and Anna Waronka is formerly of That Dog. I had not heard either of the of either of those artists, but they did the soundtrack, you know, not just the theme tune, but the soundtrack. And they said, you know, we aim to channel our off-kilter 90s roots into something that felt like then, but could have only been made now just like the show. So obviously it's in the present, but the way that it looks like at the 90s, it was very modern eyes. And, you know, I will get into the song, but the way the song plays over the credits, where when you when you watch the first episode of a series, you don't know any of the moments that it's referencing, but by the end of the series, you then realise, you then know the moments that it's referencing because it uses bits of the show. So it's like clues to the... Cl- clues to the plot, yeah. uh, mm. at the very least. And yeah, it is a very kind of Twin Peaksy kind of mysterious show. of You know 
you know these girls were stranded, you know that a few of them are very traumatised in the present and weird shit is happening in the present, how does it link to the past what's going on? So does that mean that it's, got, it's only got a finite amount of series it can be because you know that it's only going to be 19 months total? I think so, but ha- so the first series, it's probably what, like, in the past only about three months okay. have gone by, tops. Uh, I will shout out to No Book Club, which is Matt Latham from Picadisc's side podcast or one of his many many podcasts that he's on honestly i'm not one to listen to podcasts about tv shows but they they analyze each episode in a lot of depth and uh it's yeah it's very very good but i you know so i love the tv show for for all these reasons and i think as someone who grew up a little bit in the 90s it is quite funny like you know obviously people die in this plane crash and they have a funeral for one of the girls and they were like Oh, you know, and you're going to see Oasis next week or something like that. So there are all these kind of very fun references. But I think this is a very Blood Red Shoes kind of song. That's what it reminded me of. Great bass hook, demented guitar, spooky synths, the time signature changes. Anna's voice starts very whispery, mysterious. And by the end, she's going, no return, no return, no reason. Which, again, matches the what goes on in the TV show because they want to return, but they can't because they're stuck in the, in the mm. woods. Anyway. Love Yellow Jackets, love the song. What do you think? I said, but yeah, this could be Blood Red Shoes. Excellent. On my first thing I've heard. Excellent, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I put down as like a disturbing computer game sounds with a mm. low frequency bass, eerie sort of an eerie presence all the way through, uh, repetitive, no return. I, I've not seen a TV show, but I added it to my song list. I, I really liked it. The hit rate is higher than I was expecting, I have to say. Because <laughs> usually with a TV theme, sometimes after a while you get a bit tired of it. So not, I guess you're not, not tired. I think uh, I can go and tell you the placing that this song had on my 2022 list. But it's one of those where like, I would actually quite like to go and listen to the rest of the soundtrack mm. because the soundtrack is very good. But I just, I get obsessed with this song. So this was my 12th most heard song okay. in 2022. Like, I just... I think maybe I became more obsessed with it because, you know, you're watching this TV show that you like and then all you get from it is at the beginning and then you're distracted by the TV show. But I just, I think it's, yeah, I think it's my favourite because as much as I like Twin Peaks and there are so many others that are so memorable, this is a song I genuinely enjoy. I think I, maybe I wouldn't enjoy it as much, but I would still quite enjoy it outside of the TV show. Unlike the Friends in Uh I am done with the Rembrandts, thank you very much. <laughs> So yeah, so where's your sync song from? So, uh, so I play very little, very little, a, a very small amount of computer games these days. Um, but I'm quite loyal, so I will just keep playing the same game, but updated for the next year. So one of those is eFootball, previously known as Pez, um, okay. and actually have really good soundtracks. And um, what is really weird, so like this is the second part of so after, after every six months they kind of like rejig the playlist, and on the first playlist, Group Love were on there, and I like added Group Love, saying, "Oh, you know, your song's on," and they had no idea, and I was I like, "How would you not know that you're on? You're synced to a big computer game," mm-hmm. but I guess it must be that the publishing company must just do it, and they just mm-hmm. have no say. So that that was a bit odd for me to find yeah, out. You'd think they'd have some say over where. Yeah, because what was it was like something that I absolutely fucking hate. Oh. But um, yeah, so that's inter- inter- interesting. So yeah, so I am a fan of the band Spoon. Well, I say I'm a fan of the band Spoon. I'm a fan of moments of the band Spoon. Mm-hmm. They have periods of greatness, but oddly, when they sort of like became kind of massive in America around 2010 is when, for me, they got shit. Mm, so this is the first the decent album since 2009, and this song um, Wild is on that computer game, and I'd probably hear it on a daily basis. Mm. So for me to not hate it is uh, quite good going. But um, yeah, it's, it's got kind of like a gospel piano, uh, it's, it's sort of like cool indie groove. Yeah, I think I, it's probably one of the best singles I've done since... 2009 uh brett daniels has a distinctive sound i mean it hasn't really got a strong chorus or anything but the, the whole just vibe just yeah I, I can't stop listening to it they're kind of a cult band right adam buxton likes them yeah right? but they're weird so they're cult but when you look at the stats they have like top 10 albums in, in america so it's kind of weird america's a weird place for that sometimes where it's like you have just enough of a Following, yeah, yeah. yeah, follow, yeah. I, I think, yeah, maybe there's just like this rock heartland. I think, I think there's just a lot of men who are like, I like rock, and rock is what I like. Uh, you know, we're going to disconnect from hip hop and everything else that's going on. But yeah, but I mean, I wouldn't even describe them as a rock band anymore. Their last albums were like 
or simple experiment experimentations, they really changed the sound. They thought they started off being like a Pixies sounding band mm. back in the nineties. So they did so change. They're one of those bands that like every time I listen to their songs, I'm like, they're fine, but I never bother saving <laughs> any of them. And I have to say, I think it's just the song I was the most indifferent to. Like I didn't hate it, um, but it has this sort of promising start, bass and drums, the acoustics of the car come in. But strangely, the more it builds, the less I like it. And by the time it gets to the chorus, I was like, mm, this isn't for me. And then there's a section just after the chorus where there's a sort of prominent rhythm guitar and some strings. And I was like, oh, no. And I, I, again, I listen to it again because sometimes, you know, that's just an initial thing. But I think also the spoon that I've heard is heavier and rockier. Mm. I think because I was expecting that and because this isn't a million miles away from, say, Arkells and Taylor Swift, I was like, well, this is like the worst version of that kind of music of the songs that you provided so like i said i didn't hate it but it just it didn't move me and i i wonder if it moves you because you listen to it all the time. well no because it's interesting because they are probably one also i think statistically they had the highest rated albums of all time if you add all of their albums to metacritic they have the highest average score of any band wow like it's like they're all, over se- they're, they're all over 75 and i think this has like 82 out of 100 this album well i'm alone then guys <laughs> but, yeah so, so like, even like pitch, even pitchfork like, like this sort of music. so but i would say as a fan of the band like they've never for me they've made one good album like mm. usually there's three or four choice takes for me personally, I mean, it would get like an eighty-seven out of a hundred. I'm like, really? But yeah, like yeah, two thousand nine, ga 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 ga. Are you just naming things? <laughs> yeah. That's what, what I like best. Oh uh, yeah, and when I saw I saw them at the borderline, which is like a small venue, well, a former small venue, and I was standing standing next to Tra- to Travis bassist Dougie Payne and Adam Buxton watching them, and that was a. Uh, oh. A highlight for me. <laughs> didn't say a word to them. Didn't of say a word to them. But good. I was there. I was there. I mean. I don't know. If you're famous, you've got to handle some level of fame, but mm. at a gig is not where you want to want to have a conversation, right? And what I think I say, great band, guys. <laughs> I know you say. like them too. I like you too. Let's hang. No, okay. Let's <laughs> go in the mosh pit, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, um, and also like when I went to when I went to Seattle, they were the first band I got forced to watch. I'd never heard of them, so I've always got like a, a kinship to them because I enjoyed their show. The next track is one to hear live. And probably a surprising choice for me. I think this is a surprising choice for me. I've gone for Unholy by Sam Smith and Kim Petrus. And mm-hmm. the reason I've gone for this is because I discovered their song and I was like, whoa, this is a really good pop song. What a great pop song. And then I went to see the version they did for Radio 1 with this unbelievable voice choir in the background. And their amazing harmonising. It was just it totally 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 blew me away it's like i thought this was a great pop song already but this has taken it to the next level i i do know what you think about this a little bit because we had a conversation about it before but from my side i love the dirty dirty synths i think they're both great vocalists their voices go very well together especially when they harmonize uh at the in in the final chorus and i will of course read a youtube comment from the live video from raj sehata he said this is coming from a 55-year-old straight dude that grew up on punk rock. My jaw is literally on the floor right now. This is the greatest, most classic and iconic gay anthem since Gaga's Born This Way. This is ultimate and doesn't even compare to TBH. Sam and Kim are an unstoppable force together. Imagine if they recorded an entire album together with songs like this. Their chemistry is undeniable. They just got a brand new fan now. I will purchase their entire collection of records today. Awesome <laughs> to see such brave talent out there. And yeah, I think it breaks some records as well because obviously Sam is non-binary and Kim is trans and I think it's the first time that anything like this has, you know, this went to, to number one. Even though Kim Petras, I don't know if you know about her controversies with Dr. Luke of Kesha. So uh, Kim Petras has made songs with Dr. Luke who's the guy who mm. Kesha has accused of sexual assault. So yes, some, let's say, the release complications. And they recently, like, people were tweeting Kim Petras about it and she responded quite negatively and then you know, people came to Kesha's defence and Kesha tweeted out, like, thank you, because I think she felt a bit attacked. Isn't she, like, the, f- like the youngest person to ever have a sex change in Germany or something? Yeah, so um, I think she, she obviously, as with, I imagine, many people, knew from a very young age that she was trans, and from what I remember researching, she documented her transition, basically, mm-hmm. so she knew from a very young age, so that she did everything that she needed to do, and then had, you know, I don't think you can have 
that kind of transitional operation before you're 18, but you can do other other stuff. Yeah, Kim Petras, I, I dip into her stuff as well. Like, I have enjoyed some of her more recent stuff. But that's it. I don't particularly like Kim Petras. I don't particularly like Sam Smith as much as I like their voice. I don't I don't like a lot of their music. It's a bit too cheesy for me. Again, I was having a conversation with my neighbour uh, about it, and I'm just pissed off as well that their song was picked over Radiohead's, the Bond theme, because Radiohead's Spectre is so much better. <laughs> Thank you very much. But you can't deny their voice is amazing, and I think it works really well on this unexpected song. Well, I think Radiohead were too late. It wasn't chosen what over was that? it. Oh, yeah, they, they, they didn't get it in, get it in time. Admin, guys, come on. I can't, that's not really interesting. I can't say that, but yeah, fair enough. Because, yeah, there's a, a great documentary on, on um, Amazon about the, about the Bond themes, and David Arnold mentions how he wanted Radiohead so badly, and then they did it too late. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least they released it because it is mm. truly, you know, I don't like much post-2006 Radiohead, but that's that's definitely one of my favourites. You mentioned Lady Gaga. I think Lady Gaga must be furious that this, <laughs> isn't, her, this isn't her track. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I mean, I, I, when I talked to you about it, because I, I, I talked to you, I think, maybe about the live version, and you said there were some Arabian strings, which is definitely true. I can imagine that that would be a bit of a change for Lady Gaga, but I, don't, I wouldn't necessarily put it in her wheelhouse. And the video is... Frankie goes to Hollywood. For the one mate. Yeah. Yeah, 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 basically. I mean, I mean, if, if, if you took your car for an MIT, you'd be waiting a while to get a service guy. <laughs> believe me. Don't go to the body shop if you want your <laughs> certain needs serviced anyway. But yeah, I mean, the court it just it grinds my my gears. It, I can't get it, it. Really gets on my nerves. That's, it's so it, but this is it. So interesting. Like if if someone had told me like, would Fran prefer Loyal Carner? Or Sam Smith and Kim Petras. I'm like Sam Smith and Kim Petras, of course. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind Sam Smith's bad as either. I don't. Um, I've never, I've not heard of Kim before, and I did some research, and she did a cover of "Running Up the Hill," which is fine. Is she? But there's, there's a song from from previous years I thought were pretty decent. She's got. She's, she's got she's some a, good yeah. songs. I didn't. Know, I didn't know. You. I'm surprised she had, she hasn't come to the UK. I, I, I have to say, she's got some good songs, but uh, yeah, it, it's not like it's continuous bangers. But I, I do think. She she definitely a bit like Charlie XCX or Dorian Electra or Rebecca Black. It's like she is big in the queer communities. Like uh, I don't. I think this has maybe given her some recognition in the mainstream a bit more because again, yeah. What what is big these days? Like I was reading. You know, you know how much I love Charlie XCX, and one day we will talk about mm-hmm. her in depth. I had thought about this before, and then I read about it, and I felt vindicated. Like Charlie XCX is so rarely a headliner. You know, on big festivals, where you go and look at her numbers. It's enormous, and she's she's such a big gay icon, so you know. Like I think the most, let's say, how, queer... how come how come she is a big gay icon? What? Um, I, I, I think she well, she celebrates it. You know, she celebrates that community. When I went to see her live, honestly, it's I, her and Uffy are the two artists where I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> like, like it is it is gay men and me at this uh, at this concert. And at her, when I saw her at Ancien Belgique. She, she literally said, you know, like, the LGBTQ plus community is so big for me. And then she invited some drag queens on stage. And, like, it, it was pre-planned. Because I remember being like, there are some drag queens here, like, with a very big get Like, this is not very practical for <laughs> for kind of being that. I also think it's because she does hyper-pop, right? And I, I do mm. think that world with A.G. Cook and Sophie, like, it is very clubby. But although I have to say, like, one of my best friends in Brussels is gay. And I can tell you that you will n- have never heard of her. So, I it depends. But I, I do think because Kim Petras does make this kind of also very poppy music and we're not in an age where pop has the same breakthrough to to everyone, this being an exception, maybe that's why. Okay, so moving on to uh, my choice. So this, yeah, this is track I want to hear live. Um, I could have seen Jamie T live, um, but he clashed with the World Cup. Mm. Yeah, at Glastonbury, I mentioned in a previous podcast that, you know, he was really fucking drunk. And, you know, he had his shirt was popping out and he couldn't give a fuck. I mean, you know, <laughs> but, but, but but he he actually couldn't give a fuck. You know, there's people who tried to mm. say, we didn't give a fuck, but, you know, they've spent ages trying to look that way. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this is co-written with Hugo White from the Maccabees. He also, oh. produced, he also produced the album. Yeah, I mean, when Jamie T came out, I thought, yeah, this shouldn't be for me because he's like an East London. Oh, all right, all right. London doing doing you know mixing rap and rock. Yeah, I just love his energy. I I mean, again, I'm not used to big fan of lyrics, but this is obviously about his musical career, mm-hmm. about you know his struggles and and how he tries to make a great song and and all these issues he's had 
since um, since being in the, in the music industry. But yeah, it's just, just I love the guitars, I love the chorus. I just want to be part of a mosh pit jumping up and down to it. So hopefully that that will happen soon. So yeah, what do you think? Fingers crossed. So I've never been a particular Jamie T fan. I don't think I've explored beyond Stella. It's not Stella, Sheila. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the bit the bit has got to me. The coconut has got to me. I was really surprised to see this. This could have very easily gone in the genre that. Really? But, but he's he's still part of the indie... But it's not a million miles away from the streets, and we all know what you think about the streets. Yeah, but, he's, yeah, but Jamie, Jamie can sing rather than talk. Mm. <laughs> Mike, don't get in touch. But honestly, I, I could not sing you what Sheila sounds like. Probably if I heard it, I'd be like, oh yeah, that one. But uh, I was just like, yeah, I just so... I, I never gelled with him. I was just like, yeah, mm. like shouty, shouty guy who I'm not interested in. But when it started, I was like, oh, okay, this is not what I expected it to be. And there's like a very synthy chorus and a very nice bass accompaniment. But I tell you, I still don't know what I think about this song. I, I think the the video warned me to it. So the video is his, his funeral, basically, mm-hmm. but he's alive in a, in, a, in a coffin with like a transparent piece of glass and people are mourning him or angry at him and stuff, which, which I quite liked. And it's just, I just, it, he's, got a, he's got a funny face. And what I mean by that, it's like, a humorous face he seems like a funny man which is very endearing to me but i think because i expected it to be a let's say even more so like the streets but then it was a bit indie but it wasn't very straightforward i think i need a few more lessons to decide whether i like it or not like again maybe a bit like um well no i i, I no i definitely enjoyed it more than spoon i think spoon was maybe my least favorite of the have you not heard zombie by jamie t no not knowingly okay that's probably his best as an indie rock and roll song, mm. it's a song that he, he's biggest at festivals to doing. Mm-hmm. No, he, he kind of passed me by, and he se- he seems like a charming person. So when you said it was, you know, when I saw it was in the life category, I'm like, yeah, I'm sure if you've got the crowd singing along with you as well, that might be good. But yeah, I I didn't dislike it, but I just again didn't connect with it. I I, I need a few more listens, I think. Yeah, the closest thing to hip hop on my playlist yeah yeah that's it because <laughs> i was thinking like i was thinking this is a, a fran synth classic i think up until up until spoon but then i was like oh but yeah but it's not it's not the rock that i thought it was going to be okay so moving away from nostalgic naughties <laughs> indie yeah so this was a very last minute addition to the list i literally swapped out totally different artists. who was it i can't remember it was ice spice who i'd mentioned uh, feeling you uh, Munch Feeling You by Ice Spice, which was a kind of a hip-hop track. But I I discovered this artist, I can tell you, literally kind of five days ago. And um, I've been listening to a lot of Slipknot recently. I've become obsessed mm-hmm. with Slipknot. I messaged Fran uh, being like, I think I'm having some kind of midlife crisis because I was never into them and now I'm really into them and I don't know what's going on. I moved to Luxembourg as New Metal was happening, so I feel like a lot of it passed me by because I was going through this kind of transitional stage. I wasn't really paying attention to the music that was big. Or, you know, if I was, it was more pop or music and radiohead that I was getting into. So with, I think, Korn and Slipknot recently, I was like, I really, they're such big bands, I need to get into them. And Korn, I was like, okay, yeah, fine. But Slipknot, I, I liked them a little bit and I saved a few songs. But then for whatever reason, I, I think there's a certain kind of heavy rock that I like, that I really, really like, but it's very difficult to find exactly what it is. So, you know, it is in System. It is in Bring Me the Horizon. Um, it is in even like Nirvana, you know, the heavier Nirvana or Rage Against the Machine. And Slipknot just, it is very heavy, but it's also strangely poppy, like almost melodic. Some, some of their songs have like incredible pop choruses, but anyway. Yeah, the chorus, yeah, the chorus is, they're, 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 they're sneaky, aren't they? They're sneaky. Bloody, bloody Corey, and all his, <laughs> Corey and all his friends. So yeah, I've been in a very, let's say, metal and new metal kind of mood, um, but it isn't just because of that. So I... I discovered this act. So the act is Cinnamon Baby and the track is Rock and Roll is Black. Exactly the same way that I discovered one of last year's picks, Turnstile, through the Instagram account at punk.black, who promote alternative bands with people of colour in the, in the, mm-hmm. in the base in Atlanta. So Stormy, I thought, I thought it was a band, but no, it's just her. And she is the composer and the lyricist for, for this song. She only performed live for the first time literally four days ago. Four days mm-hmm. ago she, she did it. She's an influencer and a model, uh, so like I feel like you would associate that with something maybe a bit poppier, a bit more ethereal. But no, she really fucking loves metal, and she's like, "Yep, yeah, this is this is how I'm getting a lot of my uh, <laughs> anger and rage out." 
And obviously it's called Rock and Roll is Black because it's a song with clear intent. She's talking about taking rock back to its roots, which is black music. She talks about Hendrix flooding my bloodstream, rebel of this world, hear my screams, ready to push the minority dream. She talks about the difficulties I think a lot of people have. When I dress high, I want they call me a freak. When I talk high, I want they call me a geek of, you know, especially being a black person, a black woman in this kind of world where it's mostly white men, uh, not ideal. So I very much identified with that being just as a, as a, as a female rock fan where like, any any woman in any rock band, I was like, oh, this you can do this, it can exist. But not just that, this song is a fucking banger. Like, there's riffs aplenty. I, you know, comparisons to Rage Against the Machine or and FIFA 333, of course that's going to happen. But the particular way in which she raps and speaks, I think is, it's not Saxon or Rocker, it's something else. And there is more of a metal heavy element than Rage Against the Machine. There's less funk, more metal, but again, but it's not one note, you know, it's not like it's just like riff, you know, heavy guitar all the way through. There's there's light and shade. So not one. I know your your views on new metal. I don't think this is going to be one of your favorites, but I, I really enjoyed getting to know this band. It is Race Against the Machine. And even at the end, rather than saying, fuck me, I'm not going to do what you tell me. She says, I'm taking my culture back. <laughs> I think that's like that's literally the same as like that is basically the same song. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, she's she's a good singer. She's amazing, hot. Oh, mega hot. But yeah, I just I don't know if I bought it because I'm looking. There's lots, lots of TikToks about the metal, and I'm like, is this some? Is this a thing? Just because it's different to stand out. She then um, in an interview name name checks Man and Manson as inspiration. Well, that is unfortunate. <laughs> and then and then on a treat today, she goes as a as an artist, just be careful who you associate and write about. As someone who speaks up for racism, homophobia, misogyny, and mental health, I'm finding it hard to find an ally. Yeah. I'm like a week ago, you named Ch- Man and Manson yeah. as a, as a hero in an, in an interview. That's so I'm making thing, mind up because she 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 wrote about um she has a song called Pure O, which is mm. about her her struggles with uh, intrusive thoughts and OCD. I mean, I I can believe that this is an outlet for her. I absolutely can. But I I have to say yes. I was surprised to find out that she was kind of a social media star, but. When I found out that she was the writer and lyricist, I was like, well, clearly this is her thing. I don't know. I, I, I don't think I'm as cynical because I I am a woman who is into rock who doesn't necessarily dress like a woman who's into rock. You know, like I'm not, I was never a goth. I I think the most I've done for that is, is band t-shirts. Mm. <laughs> and I think when, when you're into a genre that people in your group, whatever that is, is not like, I think you maybe do have to hide it or compensate. So I'm not not happy about Marilyn Manson. I, mean, I think you can say like I'm inspired by his music because he has some excellent music. But yeah, that is that is quite. <laughs> it's just quite funny. Literally a week later, that, that's if you go to Twitter, that's her most recent tweet. I'm like, oh no, she's it's early on. We don't know what's going to happen. It, it... I mean, like I said, yeah, she's only performed live for the first time four days ago. So yeah, I'm 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 I think yeah, I'm really intrigued to see how it develops because it's so mm. so new. Over underrated. Sous évalué. So I did score each one, um, a bit like uh, da- Daniel from uh, Peter's podcast. <laughs> have you so, written? Have you written something down? <laughs> so yeah, I've so I've written I've, I've written something down, and I've so I've written hate uh, bop seven out of ten, uh, stat seven out of ten uh, bop, uh, Soraco five out of ten flop. Um, I, can't, I can't remember her name. The paranoia. What's the uh, chibi, chibi. Chibi. Yep, uh, six out of ten. Uh, uh, Young Lean, five out of ten. Yellow Jacket, seven out of ten. Sam Smith, four out of ten. Uh, Simon Babe, five out of ten. Wow, seven being the okay. I thought I had a win, but seven. You're not. We're not breaking. No, seven, seven. seven for me is a, a bop. I'm, I'm I'm hard to please. Yeah, see, I I'm enthusiastic, so yeah. Seven, yeah. So seven is a bop. Seven gets a like on Spotify. So three likes so far. Yeah, so as my brand new act of 2022, I have chosen uh, Bean Stella from New York City. And this isn't actually my favourite song from theirs, but I thought this was more interesting. Mm. So I think their song Kids 95, referencing the film, um, is their better song. But I thought it was a bit too obvious. Mm. And then I, I, so this is um, The Poets. And I also do really enjoy this. Um, it's like a mix of the Clash and the Strokes, um, and a, bit, um, a little bit of libertines thrown in there. I, I enjoyed the back and forth, but mainly I, I enjoyed the last thirty seconds. And yeah, it's just a bit raucous, 
it's not going to win any awards. Um, but yeah, going through, I, I, I've got five brand new acts on my um, lights, mm. and I thought out of all of them, this was the least generic. Although it's very generic, but a lot of them are just indie copying New Order or copying The Cure. Mm. Um, although I mean, they say themselves, we're young. Yes, we like strokes, and yes, we like television, but our new stuff is quite different so I'll be interested to see how they de- develop over the year and they've done like four or five songs and done a little tour of the UK and I think they're quite interesting and yeah you mentioned that they've got a Portuguese um, drummer yeah yeah, yeah drummer um, yeah and and I've them some live videos and they look like yeah they look like they look, they're going to be, be decent so hopefully although I do curse a lot of these bands so hopefully I've not cursed them I had never heard of been stellar i very much enjoyed part of the spotify bio have you gone to look at it no what's it like there's a problem on my app i don't i don't see the bios oh right i think because when i prepare for the podcast i do it on my computer so i'm on the desktop uh, that's why it's just like youthfully pretentious in a charming way it's like ben stellar is what you get when you leave the youth alone in a metropolis they grow up they make noise but that's just, that's the pr company isn't it that's not them. <laughs> I, 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 I don't think so because, because there's an enemy interview and it seemed okay. So, oh, really? Well, I, the so thing, hopefully. So it says that the video for this song was inspired by Tropic of Cancer by Henry Miller and Life is Elsewhere by Milan Kundera. So I'm like, right, okay. Those are pretty kind of highbrow references mm. there. So clearly that they're, they're arty people. But yeah, yeah, I mean, Kids is obviously an art, an art house from, from the 90s. I, I, wish, I, which I have not seen, but I would, oh. I would like to. I would like to. So I thought a lot about, yeah, when George was on the podcast, because Nation of Language... I think you maybe disliked them more than I did because you felt that they wore their influences too much on their sleeve. Mm. I think Bean Stellar are this for Arctic Monkeys, Strokes, and Jay Retard are the three bands that I put. So we've got the Strokes in common, but I can't hear down to Monkeys, but I can hear his voice. His voice oh, okay. sounds exactly like Alex Turner. But, so, but I, I thought he had more of a Julian Casablanca sort of like New York sort of thing. Listen again, like, listen again, and and see because there's a kind of I mean, okay, I guess they're both kind of crooners, but the way that he crooned. Uh, was mm. that and I, I put Jay Retard because he's my kind of go-to lo-fi garage rock, but you know other others are available. I I did enjoy this song. I did enjoy the slightly pretentious lo-fi video where the lead singer is just covered in water, <laughs> like and yeah, just having a shower, yeah, having, having, a, having a shower, and it was recorded and not because yeah, I almost messaged you again being like, Fran, is this from 2020? And I think this did initially come out in 2020, but it did come out again in 2022. So I'm like, we're we're safe um, on this one, but yeah, I. I, I did enjoy, especially the lo-fi garage rock vibes and his voice. I particularly My favourite bit in the song is when all the instruments apart from the drums lift and it's just his voice and the drums in this little section in the middle. And in the video, mm. he's like hugging a statue. It's all very charming. But again, yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, the Nation of Language comparison is, is where I've put it here because it for me, it's not yet far away enough for me to really embrace them. But like you say, they're young. I'm sure that they have more to give. That's why I want you to listen to that other song because I think you'd hear the progression. Because mm. um, I don't know yet what is the sound because they've only got five songs. Mm-hmm. So the the kids ninety five is, is quite the different. The so new maybe... artist, right? You have to say yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so let's see what happens to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, like I said, you know, it's we we're both um, old music fans. It's hard to find a brand new band. <laughs> so we're scraping, <laughs> scraping down the bar, scraping down the bottom of the barrel a bit. Well, but do you know what? Like, like yeah, I I almost chose to smile, but I thought that'd be fucking cheating. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be cheating. Oh, yeah, well. I mean, it's accurate. If they if they only released songs mm. in 2021, 2022, that would have been accurate. But yeah, so moving on to your rock track. Right. I think this was of, the most difficult. Of, although we've had quite a few rock <laughs> tracks. Yeah. But... So, you know, when Fran and I were coming up with the categories, I was like, should we just have a best rock one? Because, like, obviously, <laughs> like, we can just fit stuff in. But this was the most difficult category. And maybe, again, this isn't the most accurate. I think maybe I could have put in, let's say, Strawberry Lemonade by Editors or Leech by Dream Life. But, well, this band have supported editors in the past. Okay, okay. They have. I found out today. And they are Belgian. So, of course, I'm going to I'm gonna represent. So, I've picked Tilt by Whispering Songs. And they've actually been around for 10 years almost. I had no idea. They're a Belgian post-bank band and they're currently living in Brussels. And I first discovered them when I went to this dark wave festival celebrating this Brussels-based record label called Weird Sounds that they have some... Uh, records on as well as Drab Majesty who I saw that evening as well mm. and they were incredible and I actually when I was 
I was searching through my emails to find out when this festival was so I could give you the date. And I had uh, emailed my ex-boyfriend, Felix, who was the one who introduced me to Drab Majesty. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I saw Drab Majesty last night talk to them, which they were really nice. And I was like, oh, I've just seen this band and I've fallen in love with the front woman. Um, so they, they, they were really, really good live. If they come anywhere near you, I would recommend it. And I followed them as the, the music has progressed. But this one, I think, is, is outstanding. Um, I, I think they are... Well, we were talking about kind of influences. This does this isn't a million miles away from something like Joy Division, right? But for me, it's it, there is old punk punk with something new. There's something cleaner. There's something a bit more sophisticated there. I really love how the synths and the bass are used and the way the instruments come in and out. And her voice is incredible. She has this very low voice, which just adds and builds to the the atmosphere and I hadn't really paid attention to the lyrics but they are suitably gothic gothic which is what I wrote your hands tainted by sin haul me into the streets past a sulfurous scene I mean need I say more I don't think so yeah so um uh, is it Fene Fene I would guess yeah Fene Coupons yeah she's got a very interesting vocal mm. it's um it's, it's quite very it's deep and kind of mm. uh, mysterious um yeah you would think it was a man singing yeah. yeah, and she looks a bit like Taylor Hanson from The Hanson. <laughs> <laughs> so it's strange to hear that voice. <laughs> yeah, you're not a million miles off. A bit, a bit gothier, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, his, goth, his goth is. And yeah, it's got an icy, uh, very careful um, production. Mm. But I, but yeah, I, I just lost interest after a couple of minutes, and I think it, it, it needed something. Uh, like a stronger cause I don't know I think this is the difference between you and me I think sometimes when an atmosphere is created that's repetitive I thrive on that I'm like yeah, yeah. I don't need a chorus I can just leave me in there no. you, you like the groove but yeah I, I, I because I like the, the backing music I did listen to um, a track live beginning of A because I forgot what it's called and, and I really enjoyed that <laughs> so they do have other moments maybe this just wasn't the right the for vibe for me again like I, I think this could have easily been the one to see live I could have put they, they were really you know when you, you know how it is when you go and see a band that you literally know absolutely I knew nothing about them I just knew I was going to a dark way festival I knew a few it, I knew Drab Majesty and Cold Cape they yeah. were the two bands that uh, I knew a few songs about and they were the local talent that really were on a path with them so yeah Alone is a good track I like Alone uh, Alone okay yeah I need to yeah, again I uh, with them I don't know what any of their songs are called because I just I save as I go and then I and then I play it's it's more that than I'll go and listen to a whole album, not because I don't like a whole album, but again, just because we live in this world with a lot of music, and for this kind of let's say a sinister post punk, again, it's one that I don't always want to listen to. So I've gone for Suede, um, a, a new band from England. Yeah, very new band. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it seemed to be the year of lots of of my favourite bands from previous years coming out of an album. So yeah, Suede. Um, I mean. They've been, they've been back for 10 years, but this is their third comeback album, and they are getting loads of acclaim for it. This is, is from the album Auto Fiction, mm-hmm. which is kind of a bit more to the rocky swagger of a mid 90s sound, I guess. Um, and yeah, I think this is one of the best singles that Swade have done for a long, long time. You know, it's got Brett at his finest, you know, he's got his bark his yelp he's singing his high notes he even mentions petrol blue eyes because he loves to bring in those petroleum lyrics or council estate sex sort of lyrics to his uh, music bedsit sex scenes um but yeah i, I saw them at victorious and like a band revigorated and he was he was jumping around like, i guess he's in his early 50s now but yeah he he had so much passion and i was, I was surprised because some bands playing a festival they're like they know that a lot of people there don't care, uh-huh. but he really was trying to turn to, to to win every audience, and he was like running to the crowd and like going for it. And yeah, it, I, I was rather impressed. And I think this is the best song off the album, uh-huh. personally. Um, yeah, it's not the not the the rockiest of tracks and roll, but it's got a, a decent guitar riff from uh, my um, Paul uh, based Richard Oakes. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> but yeah, um, what do you think? Well. What's your relationship to the band? Because uh, I feel like this is maybe one of your favourite Britpop era bands. If I turn, if I turn to my right shoulder, mm. I can probably see uh, six CDs, uh, a bootleg live CD, a B-side uh, album. So I guess 
Yeah, a, a big a fan. So uh, my mum was a big fan. I think I've mentioned before where um, we saw Brett Anderson. She's like, that's Brett Anderson. I said, don't be ridiculous. And then she got his autograph and I was like, I have been yeah, suitably uh, upended there. Thanks, mum. So she was a big fan, but I think she got into them, I guess I got into them through her in uh, the early 2000s. So head music, strangely, is oh, like wow. my album of theirs because that's that's one that she would, I, I, th- I think head music is a great album, but that isn't, I would say, the more typical suede sound. Yeah, that, that's where people say it went wrong. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm just so often the way where I'm like, the bit where it goes wrong, I'm like, oh, but I really enjoy this. And maybe again, sometimes it's context, right? Because I don't know Metal Mickey and all the other stuff that came before. Mm-hmm. And again, yeah, with suede, they're one of those bands when I've gone into the past, dipped into that back catalogue, I was like, there's something about it that I think, again, it's maybe too uh, melodic. So I was like, I'm not really sure how I'm going to feel about this because I don't know what they sound like at all. I think he sounds, his voice sounds exactly like Morrissey at the beginning. R- r- again, go, go and listen again. <laughs> There's a certain element where I'm like, you know, it's usually a bit more whiny, but it's, I don't know if it's the effect on his voice or something that smoothed it out. Um, and I thought the chorus also wasn't a million miles away from the Smiths. Uh, but, you know, while you were talking, I gave myself a quick blast of the song again. And a bit like Jimmy T, I'm like, it was fine, but it didn't. I, I don't really have much to say beyond that, apart from I thought it sounded a bit like the Morris and the Smiths. Like, it didn't leave its mark on me, I'm afraid. Um, again, I didn't dislike it, but I'm just like, it's it's fine. It's not the first time they've been, they've been compared to the Smiths. Um, yeah, usually they compare themselves to Smiths meet Sex Pistols. They're, yeah, they'll get their, their first album, I guess, was a bit more punky. They were more, more of the punkier um, Britpop bands, maybe because they were also a, a four piece. Mm. Um, Five, five piece, no, no, no. Oh, okay. When it was Bernard Butler was a guitar player, mm. they came a five piece when they uh, when Bernard left. Right, okay. I was in, like, I've definitely bought... seen five men. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's what, I've seen five that's men. Why, <laughs> that's why, like, coming up is a more poppy sound with like trash and beautiful people, beautiful ones, you know. Um, yeah, that's with the keyboards, but yeah, there's no keyboards before that. Yeah, I mean, so you know, beautiful ones and all that. I'm like, I like. It's a bit like pop. I'm like, I like it, but it doesn't make me want to go and explore. Those albums, at least, whereas head music, Indian strings. She's yeah, no, no, there's some good parts, but there's like thirteen songs, and there's a lot of like Elephant Man is fucking terrible. I don't mind it. See, I don't, I don't mind it. <laughs> I don't mind it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've, I've got a lot of. T- She's in fashion. They radio too. A little bit overplayed, I think. I like the string, but yeah, I, I, I've heard enough of that. But maybe, maybe it was overplayed by my mother. Um, but can't get enough. Can't, it's a good can't point. get enough. Yeah. Can't get enough is just fantastic. And I think that's it. It's like that is so unsweet, I think. No, but to me that is it. So this to me is that this track here is a bit like Can't Get Enough. It's got that vigour, that that no, oomph to it, no. which they've lost recently. I, I, I think there's something punkier about Can't Get Enough dun, 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 which is a Cynthia. Sometimes when I Um I think maybe it's just I wasn't expecting them to be in it be any good if that makes sense yeah so maybe yeah, yeah. It's like, oh wow so you know it's they, the past your expectations they, they, yeah 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 they they, they he still he could still do it so yep uh moving on to your final track so i think fran took this category perhaps more seriously than i did it's the best track outside of europe so um i deliberately wanted to choose a non-us act and actually when i was looking at my list i'm like these are all europeans or americans or maybe maybe the odd canadian and I think I was thinking about this because someone I was describing the podcast to recently, they were like, so is your podcast like a music podcast that tries to be funny or like a comedy podcast with music? And I was like, no, no, it's, we're definitely not. <laughs> like, like we, we try to be funny. And I was thinking about how, um, yeah, I think I, I when comedy and music mix together in a way that I like, I think there's something magical about it. So <laughs> I've gone for a very left field choice. Uh, this song is called What Are Your Pronouns, Cunt? And it's by this Australian comedy rapper, comedy singer, who knows, called Wester. I came across this song because it went slightly viral on Twitter. Um, I don't know much about Wester, but I know that he wrote this song because he went to a, previously mentioned, he went to a Rebecca Black concert in Melbourne. And obviously there were lots of kind of LGBT, LGBT plus people. And he was like, I don't think non-binary people have a song for them. So I, I'm going to write... Um, a song for them with loads of Melbourne references that I personally don't understand, even though I, I, I've been to Melbourne. But I just think there's something so casual about it and the fact that he 
it's like the lyrics are literally like i don't like boys i don't like girls i've got a they them baddie that i enjoy so immediately you're like okay what is going on but even later he's like they said they're non-binary i said come that's fine with me you can still inspire me i won't call you he or she i don't care what you've got downstairs as long as you can lick my feet <laughs> pull up knock a count now if they ever come misgender it's just like just the australian casual use of the word cunt with a very unique theme in my opinion plus quite a catchy beat and this weird fucking guy i don't think i've enjoyed a viral song as much as i did this one this year for sure but i i will say i sent it to my very liberal dad my very pro trans rights dad and my dad's like you know i think i am a quite a modern person but this one might be a bit too much for me so <laughs> Are you with me or are you with Paolo? <laughs> so yeah, so like, so when I saw it, it it comes across like an, an Auntie Donna parody. <laughs> but then I thought, but but not parodying anything. No, because no. He, he means it. So I it's think not he parody, means is it. it. No, that's... so therefore it's not funny because he he means what he's saying. But, so come on, not... I know. Uh, yeah, I know. It's not. It's got some cool rhymes. In it. So apart from that, I was like, well, if you're not, it's a bit. It's just a bit naff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I do understand what you're saying, but yeah. the, the line pull up, knock a cunt out if they ever come misgender you, that is hilarious. <laughs> That's actually to me. To me. But would you say you, this would be in your top 10 songs? Of Honestly, the year? I got obsessed. Really? I got obsessed with it because I just, I, I just don't think I could believe it. I, I couldn't believe it. And it was the first time I was like, please let this become available on streaming services and I was following it and he's like I'm trying to get it on Spotify but I can't and then it eventually did and I, I saved it and I have listened to it uh I yeah I mean I think I would not enjoy this song like this would not have made it anywhere near the top 10 if it wasn't for the video if it wasn't for the video of this tall skinny weird dude grooving in in Melbourne and saying that can't see him that comes she her that can't say them but I'm it that I'm an object like Amazing. Did, did you watch other, other videos? I, I, I watched a couple. Of uh, did, I, I watched the um, Trady rap, is it, or something like that, where I think Trady is like an Australian slang for builders or, or something like that. But again, I, I missed I missed that. What, what did you watch? I watched the uh, the Little Peep one with Fields. Oh, no, I didn't see um, that one. But that's it, because at first I thought, I don't know if this is a parody band or if this is just enough enough band trying to be right on so i've had but now i know they are parody that yeah. this, this is their thing yeah yeah i mean and even if they even call it bogan parody yeah yeah I guess yeah is, a, is that a mobile so time. bogan is the australian word for kind of chav let's say oh, okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. um but i mean you know he, he i think he's, he says on youtube like drop your pronouns in the comments and some people are like i am sir lord <laughs> you know and uh or you know if you want i am you know his slash lordship or something like that and but some people are like oh my god i'm sending this to every non-binary person i know and one person gave him 10 australian dollars and said this song makes me feel better about myself <laughs> thank you so i'm like you know it's it's doing something with it as well. like i i do think like of course there's parody elements in it i can't tell his sincerity uh you know completely but yeah i just i i it it i really enjoyed it and it was totally unexpected and you know i can't think of many uh european podcasts who'd be chatting about wisdom <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, their t- in their top 10 this <laughs> of the year exactly. but you've gone for let's say a more proper choice befitting the last pick of this podcast I think. <laughs> well you know i had to, i had to try and shoehorn this in mm. so at first and first this was group but then it meant that let's grandma a european so i had to swap it around uh-huh, uh-huh. so yes yeah, so i've gone for the american yeah yeah yes bizarrely like when yeah yes came out i wasn't a big fan i love maps but i didn't really enjoy the stripped down sound and i think i like gold lion mm-hmm. but there's only maybe a, a few songs I, I actually really really enjoyed and it's when their third album came out but because they changed the sound and it added synths is when I really, really got on board. And I adored that third album. Like, Heads Will Roll was a brilliant track as well. And then they brought out Mosquito and went back to their older sound. And it, yeah, it was a bit hit and miss. And then um, I couldn't sleep because um, of anxiety because I started a new job. And it was Thursday night and it got to past midnight. And then I saw a thing on, on Spotify saying, you know, newly released. And I literally didn't even know yeah, yeah, yeah had an album out 
I was like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I, so I clicked it and it was uh, the duet with um, Perfume Genius. I haven't heard it, but, but I know Perfume Genius. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's a great track. And then it kept on going, and then it got to this track, which is called Wolf. And as soon as I heard those that synth line, I was like, oh. And because I was half like in a state of dreaming, mm-hmm. and then suddenly I sort of like woke up, and I literally played it on repeat for another hour. And I was like, fuck me, they're back. Oh, it's been like 15 years. And then I watched them do it live, and I kept watching it again and again and again. But yeah, I mentioned it before. I'm a sucker for a synth line. And obviously, Karen has got such a beautiful, cool, unique voice, you know. And it just works. And I can just listen to it again and again and again and again. And it's nothing new. It's basically the same sound of, of them, like, circa 2006, but yeah, or 2007. But yeah, I just think it's a, it's a brilliant single. And it's, it's a great album. And it's, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a few bands, like, you know, like Placebo and Editors who've bands from my youth who've come back to make great albums this year and I think this is one of them so this is a song that I saw you post about it on social media with I can't remember what you said exactly but it was something like uh Javier has just dropped the best thing ever it was it was something very enthusiastic and I was like I'm gonna get I do I am one for throwing some hyper wire but this was like extra special I was like okay for sure like I am not I wasn't planning to check on the album because I am the opposite to you, Fran. I really loved the first two albums. Yeah. And then I really love Heads with Will Will. I think it's a great song. The remix, the video, everything. But every time I've tried to listen to Zero, I'm like, no, I don't I don't like it. And uh Sacrilege from Mosquito I enjoyed, but for me actually that was on a similar vibe, but it's interesting that you say they went back because that for me is and more, well, at least that song anyway is more of a sexy vibe. So I've kind of ignored them since then. So I was like, well, Fran is probably going to pick this, so I'm going to wait. And thank God you you picked it because I really was not expecting this. And it seems like it's such a sound evolution to me. Like, not just the layers of synths, but that breakdown in the middle with the drums. Mm. Karano's voice is still incredible. And they're using so many different kinds of synths, but the, the ones that hit me which i wonder if it's the same one that it's the strings the string ones in the chorus mm, that, mm. that drive it the production's amazing the second time i listened to it when the kind of organ synths come in toward the end i literally got chills uh which is very unexpected for me especially on kind of such an early listen although it's quite frustrating that it ends the way that it does because it's just like <laughs> so just, but i guess it, it leaves you wanting more and i think like like with the enter shikari song i'm like oh i can't wait to listen to this song now for an hour and get into it. Yeah, I, I, it's it's incredible. I would have never expected this from them. Oh, I'm very happy. And yeah, I mean, this also could be under songs I want to hear live as well. Mm. But yeah, it's, it's a great album. And you know, if, if you're a fan of Perfume Genius... And I don't really know Perfume Genius, are, I have to say. M- most people are saying that that's the best song on the album, but I think it's easily Wolf. Perfume Genius... Um, well, I've had to compare him to Patrick Wolf, but you've not heard. No, me. no, no, no. But I know, I know who Patrick Wolf is. Yeah, know. yeah. It's like kind of like a, an enigmatic, flamboyant singer songwriter. Maybe a bit like Sutton Stevens um, as well. He did something with Christine and the Queens, didn't he? So. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. He's got um, God, what's it called? He's got one song. Which is also a track I literally had on repeat for like a day. Listen to "Slip Away." It's got thirty-seven million, so it's quite popular. But yeah, wow. "Slip Away" is is a fucking brilliant uh, single. Give it, a, give it a go. Mm-hmm. But yeah, woo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, what and what? Exactly, <laughs> when, yeah, yeah. when when I like I saw what you had picked as your last song, like such a triumph. I was like, oh, what I picked is so much more like <laughs> like for like throw, throw away. But that's it. I was just like, that's it. Music for me is not just music. It was the emotion that it created, mm. and both of these songs did that in a very very different way. Over underrated. Sous well, I think like as as ever, I I really enjoy these uh, these records because yeah, it's a mix of bands you know but you haven't heard the songs, new new things. Um, so thank you, Fran. But um, what were your highlights and lowlights in the music world this year? Well, highlights, I guess, like I said, it was a lot of my past. It felt like like I met with my old girlfriends and hadn't disappointed me. <laughs> um, so you know, like so like placebo made a great. Probably the best album in 20 years. Not expecting that. Um, Suede, again, Editors, Yeah, 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 is the best album in like 17 years. So, so, that, so that was lovely. Disappointments for Wet Leg album. Really? Yeah. I apart am from, shocked. 
Apart apart from those two or three no, singles from last year. I like that album. I, I think that... And you're much more likely to like that album than me. It's kind of I know, but I just think that those singles from last year are the best things on it still. You wow. know when, when, you've, you, know when you, you put an album and you've heard the best already? It's like, oh, so that was oh, the best. No, they've already, I think yeah. there's, there's lots of good album tracks there. Wow, wow, wow. Surprised. And David Bowie film Moon Ace Daydream was really excited for that. And yeah, it's, it's too much star over content, unfortunately. And also, the placebo gig, it pissed me off because I have never seen... A decent placebo gig. Every time I go and see him, he's either ill or Which he was again. Seat. Well, no, he, was, he wasn't ill for this concert. He, he cancelled dates again. He must cancel dates. I actually went on Google and, like, it's literally every two years. Mm. It's like, as like I said, he, he's worse than Madonna or Morrissey for, like, for delaying and cancelling dates. But yeah, you know, so, it's, yeah, like I said, it's a, it's a good album, but I think playing 11 brand new songs yeah. for a legacy band where you know that people there have only heard two albums from the 90s. Well, listen, I've, I've, I think I've told this story before. I only saw Placebo once in 2006 at a festival and they played a shit ton of new songs and you're like, what are you doing? Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah I, I get it. You know, you're you're happy over the new music. But, that's fine. See, but but... At, at a gig, I can maybe understand it more. But at a festival, mm. come, number one, come yeah, on. That, yeah. And also, there is a thing called track listing. And it, it's amazing because I think Placebo are fantastic at track listing their albums. They've got some great hidden songs and... Some of their songs are louder, some of their songs are quieter, and they have that balance. So how can they have that balance on their albums, but not on their set lists? And they must see it. Like, So the whole idea was, they had a, a, a warning to say that you can't film the concert. And the idea was so they, they could engage with the audience. But it's absolutely bullshit. Like, Brian said one thing the entire gig. Mm-hmm. He, he, so, you know, so basically, for the first hour, they must have been looking out and sort of like, you know, the hardcore fans who would be jumping up and down for anything. And then there's loads of like middle-aged people with the arms folded mm-hmm. and like how are they enjoying that like mm-hmm. they could, it was fantastic to hear them play bionic mm-hmm. i've never heard that oh, but that's a great cool, album track yeah. From the, yeah i was really uh, but then you know like and i had heard the album like three or four times so i knew the songs but i kept looking around me and i just kept seeing people having a chat and i thought you just killed the atmosphere like how hard is it just to play you know two of your big hits from the 90s just to bring up the atmosphere okay you're bored of playing everything every me every you but you know th- they didn't play that or Pure Morning or Nazi Boy. It's like, well, see, I, I think I saw, I, I would need to check if there's a set list. I think mm. I saw them play Every You, Every Me, but it was such a weird version that it took me probably about 30 seconds to realise that it was Every You, Every Me because they'd God. done such a different version of it, which, again, you know, we talk about, like, I, I obviously, I don't like acts that play the songs exactly like it's on the album, but there's a difference between kind of, like, changing it up a bit and turning, like, almost like a cover version of your own song. Again, at a festival, at a festival in Luxembourg where... Who the hell knows? Like, yeah, he's a local boy, but and also like, and the encore was basically two covers. They did shout and running up the hill. Come on, I, okay, like, but that yeah. running up the hill. I, yeah, I get that fair one. enough because I think they did introduce it to a lot of people pre, you know, Stranger Things. But two covers mm. and then not playing any of the big hits mm. is a bit a bit harsh, to be fair. So yeah, it does bug me because yeah, I love the band and it feels like I'm never going to be able to see them play a decent show. Mm. But I just get a DVD from the past. Yeah, yeah. What are yours? Well, mind. So, um, I, you know, linking back to the previous discussion, I, I feel like this has been a record year of discovering music through internet videos, whether it's, you know, an actual song that's gone viral or the backing to a video. The amount of times I've shazammed something or something has caught my ear in a completely different medium in a context where I'm not expecting it seems to be at a record high, and I love it because, as I said, you know, I'm not really discovering new music in in any other way, and. I think people are so quick to be like, well, you know, social media is bad. Well, I think it depends how you can, you know, when it comes to music, I think it depends how you consume it. I think you and you and I, we're not casual music listeners. If we are passionate about something, we'll, we'll find it and get into it. And there's, there's nothing better for, for discovering new acts, for discovering genres um, that I don't normally listen to. So yay, the internet. I've also put um, Belgian music achievements this year, I think have been incredible. So the fact that, yeah, Angel released an album and it did really well and Stromae has just done an NPR music, de- the, the Tiny Music Desk set, which is, you know, reserved to like, you know, big acts normally. And actually, I, one of his, a tweet about him went viral. So this this woman on Twitter put, I think this man is beautiful. And it was just a clip of Stromae doing the Tiny Music Desk and it had like 20,000 retweets and followers. And I was just like, wow, okay, this is, 
exceptional and you know the much previously mentioned Charlotte Adjari her her album and Bodice People's album was on loads of lists and I'm like this is this is incredible especially with two of those artists singing in French um and okay Charlotte Adjari and, and Bodice I think obviously helps the association that they have with Soul Wax but I'm like I can't you know not since <laughs> I don't know like well not since Soul Wax can I think of a Belgian act that's gone mainstream and there are three that have really kind of um mm-hmm. Uh, making waves which is really positive uh my negatives i think my main negative is just how precarious musicians lifestyles are at the moment the amount of acts who've cancelled tours um i think mm-hmm. you know i mentioned let's see grandma for brexit but little sims who literally were you know she it was before she won the Mercury, but she'd won brit awards and she was like i can't tour in america because it's too expensive santi gold who's just put out a very good album and uh, I listened to her song Exploder, was literally mm. like, I can't, and just, it, it's, and I think, was it Metronomy as well? Like, big, big acts are finding it difficult. Mickey Blanco as well pulled a, a bunch of stuff recently. I'm like, and what they all seem to be playing, it's like, it's actually, we're doing this for our mental health because it's just not acceptable what's going on. The fact that in the UK, it seems that a lot of um, venues take a cut of the merch, which is ridiculous because as Tim Burgess keeps saying, it's not like bands take a cut of the mm. bar. It's going to make music even more unsustainable and it's going to very much narrow the field to people who can afford to do it or just like the most motivated in the world of all time. And not everyone is an efficient creative, right? You need time and space to, to make music and to, to develop. So I think that's, that's been really depressing to see. But um, I guess I can end on a more positive. You know, I, I think maybe this is the year of the best gigs I've seen ever. Maybe it's because, you know, it's after lockdown. I only saw one gig in 2021 and that was the Hives who were, who were great. But every band that I went to see this year, and I, I didn't go to any festivals, right? So it's like any act that I went to see was purposeful. was just great. I was trying to think if I had to narrow it down, what was my favorite gig? Very difficult to see. And last night I went to see Leonie Pernet, who was one of my 2021 picks. And she mm. was unreal. Un- unreal, the atmosphere she created. I think even she was like, fucking hell, like, calm down. And, you know, I've talked about Tassiton, Bel- Brussels crowds. This was not one of them. And it was at um, one of my favorite venues, Hotond, in, well, basically, probably my favorite Brussels venue. And you were like, oh, you know, and it was her and this one other guy, and that was it. And you saw the magic that one person could create versus, you know, Little Nas X, who I saw, who that was amazing for a whole other set of reasons, but that, that was a show. So, Again, we say this often, but guys, for fuck's sake, buy music, buy merch, go see bands. Like, you've got, you've got to do it. Otherwise, it's just going to be bilge and elevator music, and we don't. Want- yeah, and and the one of these, one of these, for one of those, cancelled most of the dates in the UK for the really same reason. Yeah, yeah, they could only do London and, and Manchester again because of reasons. Yeah. Uh, I assume it's you know, visas and such, but. Yeah. Yeah, and, he, and I noticed again uh, on the festivals, I didn't know if it's because festivals booked so much in advance, they were too scared to book for an act in case there was another wave of COVID or something, but there was a definite noticeable... But visas, you know, it's, well, not yeah, visas yeah. or, like, whatever it is but, that but, you need. But it seems to be American bands, obviously, American bands obviously hasn't, hasn't been affected, but it, all the foreign bands. I think with American bands, it's like, they, they have more exposure automatically anyway, because they're, Amer- you know, like, mm. how many Europeans listen to, you know, the NPRs and the KXPs? Uh, right, so I feel, like, and and it's like, well, they need a visa for kind of everywhere, so maybe it's a bit easier for them to be like, well, we'll just tour like all of Europe. Whereas if you're a European act, why, if you can literally tour in twenty six other countries with no issue, why then would you also choose to go to the UK? And it really was worth it because of the extra barriers. Yeah, so uh, I guess hopefully someone will work out something. Yeah, eventually. But yeah, there we go. That was twenty twenty two, guys. Let us know your favourite songs, albums, experiences, because we are... Raring to hear your recommendations. When I look at the artists that we discuss on the podcast, like obviously we, we kind of have to discuss artists that have at the very least two albums. But it, it is a lot of oldies. And I, I do enjoy it, but I do also enjoy this, you know, discovering new bands or, you know, revisiting the catalogue and, and lesser known hits of, uh, of big bands. So I guess it's hard because we are a rare breed, especially me. Because most people, I, I every year I talk to my music friends on the social media and I ask them, "Oh, what's your favorite song of the year?" And so many people just don't, can't pick anything, and I'm like, so "This is why you know we're not gonna unless we invite some twenty-two-year-old onto our podcast. It's getting quite rare to talk about a new artist, unfortunately." I think one thing that 
really shook me <laughs> recently was so um I, I went to a karaoke night with some of my friends earlier this year none of them had heard of WAP they hadn't even heard of it and I'm like how I can understand you not knowing the song but I'm like how removed are you from pop culture it's it's and these are people who a lot of them are into music but it's just like they're not into maybe music in pop culture it's like, it's like they're into music in the music the area where they were young but that's it so yeah it was really that was really surprising like, I feel like I talked to so many people about Lizzo and they're like who and I'm like how can you not know about Lizzo like she is massive it also surprised like I, I have very few friends my age who were who were actively into finding out music although I will say that I do have friends who are up for going to festivals and seeing bands mm. that they haven't heard of in a way but maybe more than me because I like music so much and because I want to be careful with how I spend my money I maybe sometimes less likely to go to a festival and see new bands and just you know go to the gigs where uh you know I know the bands and I and I like them so I I think for 2023 I definitely want to go to more festivals I went to none this year basically and I felt the FOMO a bit when when I had friends who did so yeah I mean there's more chance of me seeing a band at a festival than me seeing a headline mm. act I don't really know to be fair mm-hmm. um I discovered uh like Baby Queen and Coach Party mm-hmm. Um, just a few festivals this, this year, so it's a good way of discovering bands because you, you know you can have a snapshot of a, of a live band. But um, yeah, um, yeah, if you are listening to this and you are over twenty five, don't get scared of new music. Mm-hmm. You know, remember that that feeling when you first heard your favorite band. It can happen again. And you know what? Like whatever the genre was when you were growing up, there are bands making that kind of music. It's not the genre of music that you don't like that's big in the charts. Like that's just one genre. And also, I mean, you shouldn't close your mind off to that. But I can understand, like, if you're into rock and you're not seeing it, you're like, oh, who's making music? Well, shit, tons of people are making music. You just have to dig a little bit deeper. Yeah, and in, in the mid-90s, we had Mr. Blobby and Robson and Jerome and Wigfield. Blur weren't number one all of the 90s, guys. I think all our international listeners will really, that will really hit <laughs> <laughs> Ro- Robson and Jerome, Jerome. especially. <laughs> Unchained Melodies, guys. Unchained Melody, guys, look it up. Simon Cowell, that's where he got his money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, yeah, I'd forgotten. But I will just... Okay, I've talked to you about this. Fucking watch the playlist on Spotify. Hashtag scratch the record. I need to have a conversation with someone about this fucking TV show because we've been talking about, you know, artists and getting fair pay and all this kind of stuff. That is very much what this TV show is about. And I really can't say anything else apart from that hashtag without spoiling it for everyone. So, um Please go and watch the playlist. Please go and message us about the playlist. I need to talk to someone about it. Okay, thank you. And there we go, everybody. We forgot to say goodbye because we chatted far too much before and after this podcast. I think it was like a four-hour record. So, hence why it's into two parts. So, thank you for listening to our best of 2022. As we mentioned, let us know of your favourite moments of the year. You can find us on Twitter at OUMusicPod on Instagram over underrated music pod and on YouTube imagine that imagine that visuals over underrated music podcast and if you're old school you can give us an email at over underrated music pod at gmail.com thanks to Mark Abbott for the logo thank you to Babs for being my co-host and have a brilliant new year